0: health i i i'm reading that, great. that i have and i don't even have health written there but i said no health. not even
1: i'm looking I, at I, what I, he's reading and i'm <laughs> like
0: <laughs> health yeah
1: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Well Seasoned, the podcast. And we're here again with another fantastic guest.
0: Absolutely. I wanna go ahead and welcome a good friend of mine to the show, Miss Elizabeth McKenna, CMP and CED. She is the show and events manager for a company in the beauty industry. So welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm excited.
0: So our topic is, how are you managing all that's being thrown at us? And when we talked about this episode, you were the first person that I thought about because you're in kind of a similar situation to myself. So let's start by talking about juggling life, kids and working from home and tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, it's definitely a new normal, that's for sure. I think that's the phrase that kind of comes to mind when everybody is kind of referring to this new normal with COVID. And you know, I went from working downtown in a skyrise, driving an hour to and from work to now I full-time work at home and my daughter is not in daycare right now. I am fortunate enough to have mom come over and watch her in the morning and help me out till she goes down for a nap, and then my husband's normally home afterwards. So it's definitely a juggling act. I've had many conference calls where my daughter screams in the background, and I'm having to apologize for that. And you know, I think most people are kind of understanding the situation everybody's in. Patrick, you wanted me to mention I, I'm actually currently in my daughter's playroom. That is where. <laughs> <laughs>
1: She's hiding out in the playroom. In the playroom, you're like, I have a blanket over her, so no one could see her. It's okay. <laughs> she might be in a closet. Don't worry about it. Don't judge me.
2: Especially what about video calls, she has no problem like coming up to me, Mama. What? Do you-? You and I want to say
0: that. I can't tell you how many times my kids, because I use the virtual backgrounds, that you'll just see a head pop up next to me.
1: <laughs> I think we all went from traveling and going into offices to commute. That's all but five minutes. Brush your teeth, turn on the tea or coffee pot and turn on a computer. How are you dealing with the transition from being in an office to working at home? I know there's two sides of it. Either you absolutely love it and you never want to see the office again, or you absolutely hate it and you want to be back in the office. How are you dealing with it?
2: That's a very true statement. Everybody that I talk to and even within my company, they either want to be back in the office or they never want to go back. I would say I fall in the ladder of really enjoying working it's surprising for me, though. I've always been a corporate girl, you know. I've always enjoyed the camaraderie and the, the social interaction. I'm a very social person. I think what a lot of people are finding, and what I found, is gosh, you just get to spend so much more time with your family and really appreciate that hour drive to work and then from work. I'm actually getting to spend with my daughter now, which just really gives me so much more of a work-life balance and. I just feel like I'm happier from it. And because I have my office set up at home, I put my daughter to bed. You know, I start her routine at 7.15. I don't mind hopping back on the computer and knocking out a couple of emails. And actually, I think my company is getting a lot more bang for their buck right now. (laughs) Exactly.
1: No, they do. They absolutely do. I know I personally um, made the transition from office life to work at home life about three to four years ago, officially before that it was from home, but not official. Right. And I knew because I travel so much, I traveled about 70 to 80% of the year and I lost my home time, time with my family and time to do what you love to do. So I'm in the camp. I don't ever want to see an office again. (laughs) If I ever was asked like to go back full-time in the office, it would take a whole lot of thinking for me to even think about it. I feel like I operate better at home. You know, you could kind of create your schedule the way you need to, you know, when your meetings are, if you need to run to the supermarket in the middle of the day, you can do that and come back and do
0: more work. But how about you, Patrick? I think we're all three on the same page here. With me, it's similar to Elizabeth. I was in a working from an office situation and, you know, just that commute daily was taking out additional time out of my day getting ready, going whatever. Here, I'm able to roll out of bed, do breakfast with the kids, everything. We weren't really able to do that before. And now I'm able to have time. And then I come out to my office and then boom, I turn on my camera and my lights and I'm just right with it. On the flip side, the bang for your buck is probably the most true statement. I've had a couple of nights that, you know, it's like, okay, done around five. I go in, I have dinner with the family. We put the kids to bed. My wife is normally in bed pretty early anyway. So, you know, maybe she wants to watch a movie or something. And then I come back out to my office. I don't think I'm a lunatic, but I'll be out here to midnight just working on proposals and different things. But my company is getting a bigger bang for their buck. So it's really worked for me. And obviously there's some things that I'll need to be going back for, especially because I manage our creative team, but doing more of it virtually, I think is our goal.
1: I think it kind of goes to the second part, which is everyone's working virtually right now. We're all doing this transition from what normal was to what our new normal is. And so what that means is we're having more of these meetings, more of these Zoom meetings, more of these conferences, webinars, more of everything that we weren't having before in the office. So it comes to a point where it's like, how much is too much? And I've become more protective of my schedule where before I might've said yes to almost everything going on. Now I'm like, uh, you need to send me agenda, bruv. I need to know what I'm saying yes to. Before I'm putting this on my calendar, because before you know it, you could look at your calendar and you don't have enough time to even go to the bathroom.
2: I have this conversation with my boss all the time. We will open up our calendars. I'm just like, my gosh, I'm in back-to-back meetings all day. And we both talk about, when are we supposed to answer emails and get work done? You have these calls with takeaways and when do you have time to do those takeaways? So I actually have started scheduling in my calendar when I'm going to work on certain items. And I block it off so you can't book me at that time. And then I schedule follow-up touch bases with my boss to go over items for a meeting or a project I've been working on. I feel like if you are just not organized at this time, it's going to be really difficult for you to find that time to do those things. We're currently about to launch a new innovation I and mean, we have four hour trainings that we're leading virtually. And we've been doing this for two weeks now. Before that, we had distributor meetings. You're, you're sitting on these calls and it's not like you can do other work while you're on it because you have to be focused. You have to be engaged times on video. I have somehow kind of become the little tech expert <laughs> for, uh, for my brand. And I'm, I'm kind of Learn it on the fly.
1: We don't have a choice. We have to, right? Yeah. And it's
2: like, okay, well, let me try and troubleshoot that and figure out what's going on. And for the most part, I've been able to figure it out. The only thing I can't figure out is when somebody's internet or power goes out. Listen, <laughs> Yeah.
0: what are you going to do? <laughs> my goodness. Elizabeth, you mentioned about your calendar. I have actually noticed that my calendar has been far more full than prior to COVID. Because now we're doing things virtually. So I have calendar things with my team that would have just been somebody coming down the hall in my office. But with that, I started doing what you're talking about, blocking off different points in the day. Because it's like, if you do all these back-to-back-to-back meetings, you know there's going to be an action item from each of those meetings. Exactly. When do you get those action items done? So I've been setting aside block appointments, just block block, block to get those things done. But on the flip side, in scheduling things, because my schedule has become so full, I've started using an app that sends out automatic emails that helps me when I'm dealing with clients or fellow coworkers. like, hey, here's my calendar. Go ahead and click here and you can pick out a time that works for you based on my schedule and boom.
1: Oh, so you're not doing the, please email me all your times of availability and I can fit it into my thing. Well, yeah,
0: before it would be, hey, Stacy, how about Thursday? And I have these three times well, I don't know your schedule. And instead of me even filling out like a doodle poll or something, it's like a link that links to my schedule that they can see my available times that I've set aside. It's been very helpful.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. A lot of my meetings are with people in my company. So we have full access to see everybody's availability. So we're able to kind of schedule those meetings or if we're doing trainings, like these were scheduled over a month ago and it was kind of like, this is when we're doing it. But I completely agree. I mean, right now I don't have... Have a lot of events that I'm working on that I'm having to work with a whole lot of vendors, so they're not really outside of the organization. Um, if anything, I, I'm being—I have a lot of different tasks that are kind of new normal for me. I'm really enjoying it, but it's just slightly a little different, I think, for for my role right now.
1: I think what I've started to do is I had to take a, a sit, a sit back. i to take a seat. A step back? Step back. Step back. That's the word. <laughs> so let's take a step back and really analyze what's really happening with my calendar now with the work situation we're in, right? What I'm starting to use is Microsoft Outlook. They send you emails now where they tell you like where your time was spent during the week and they, they recommend focus times. And I use all those focus times. But also I'm starting to notice because I'm based in Nevada. My company's on the East Coast. My global headquarters is forever away. So I'm dealing with a three and nine hour difference. The time zones, I'm telling you. The time zones is killing me. So I'm getting meeting requests for 5 a.m. And it's like, okay, wait, now that I'm starting to see this trend and sometimes people aren't cognizant of the fact that they're doing that. And other times they're just like, well, it's the only time everyone's available. So I'm doing it. So I have started to use those focus times, but I also have made different holds, kind of like what you said. So I have an admin holds where it's, okay, how do I answer all the requests that's coming in? And kind of going on to the next topic, which is staying active and not being strapped to my computer all day long. I started to work out in the morning time because I'm usually not a morning time worker router, but I've actually put a hold on my calendar from 5.45 to seven o'clock block because like you said, you can work all day and then go have dinner and then find yourself back at the computer. And then where's your me time, you know, and it doesn't have to be working out. It could be gardening. It could be walking the dog. It could be whatever, but I like to spin. So I need to kind of get up and start my day doing that and feeling like, okay, I feel like I did something. I don't feel like I wasted my time, you know? So I guess that leads to the next thing. What do you do to actually stay active and not feel like you're at your computer all day long for work?
2: Absolutely. I actually have been looking at um, getting like a stepper or an elliptical. I have one in my Amazon cart right now. I haven't quite pulled the trigger. Oh, I understand. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think about this. And one, I have a two and a half year old who keeps me crazy running around. Uh, when I'm on a call and I don't have to be looking at my computer, I'm typically pacing around the house. Um, I'm a natural pacer anyway. Um, it gets my creative juices flowing. And I also have, a, I think it's called a QB under my desk, where it's like a mini elliptical where I can. Kind of, that while I'm like working on my at my desk and then um, I try and take my daughter for walks I can take a call and push my daughter in the stroller and just get out and get some fresh air then we'll do that and so kind of between all those things that's kind of how I try and balance while I'm working when I'm not working I've decided to DIY my entire house and my husband loves that i understand
1: yeah, yeah today we're going to home depot i'm making hanging shelves for all my plants i'm making all these things same thing it's like all of a sudden i'm a woodworker
0: stacy became a plant mom during uh covid yeah i'm, I'm an intense plant
1: mom <laughs> and i've started using power tools and painting and sanding me
2: too i've gotten in my husband's like power yeah exactly do you even know how to use this? I was like, I don't know.
1: That's what YouTube is for. I'll figure it out.
2: <laughs> I have already had to patch a couple holes in the wall. But- oh girl. <laughs> oh
0: Hold on now. I haven't <laughs> gone there yet. <laughs> so you're right about that. YouTube is the ultimate how, how to, you know, I mean, you need to how to anything. It's there.
2: Oh my goodness. I have stenciled floors in our laundry room, hung a beam, painted every room, I completely marbled our bathroom countertops to make it look like real marble. I've put up shiplag, wallpaper. Go ahead, I girl. our tile in our bathroom. Okay, and-
0: now. Okay. Do you have a how-to Instagram <laughs> blog something? I'm serious. I'm like, I really should like start a blog on this. Did you take a bunch I of photos? He- I mean, you, if you had photos, you, we could just go back and write it.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I have photos, and I've been thinking about posting it on social because I send to my friends, "You and should. Like, oh my gosh, they're like, you're in the wrong industry
1: <laughs> <laughs> You should but it's funny, like this time has made you realize that you have the ability to do more than you thought right? I would never be like, let's go to Home Depot and look at wood and let's paint it. Like I made this huge piece where it's like painted woods and it's wine glasses and it had this huge empty wall and I finally did it, but it just makes you tap into your own creativity. And in you doing that, you do apply that to work as well, right? You start thinking about different things and how you approach this and you start applying it different ways. But um, you talked about the stepper underneath your desk in terms of how do you stay active? And me personally, these meetings kill me, right? I'm not a person who could sit here and listen and be fine. I, I have a fidget spinner in my hand right now. <laughs> I, mean, I had to move away from that because what happens is I end up on my phone, right? And I could play one of those stupid like brick breaker games while people are talking because I can't focus by doing nothing. I need to do something to focus. So, like how do you stay engaged in your meetings? Cuz I mean, there's times when you have a meeting where you know you just need to be on a meeting for show and you're just you turn off the camera, you mute the phone and now you're making lunch, you're doing something, but how do you actually stay engaged because the fear is somebody's going to say your name while you're making something and you're like, "Oh, snap."
0: Wait. <laughs> what wait? What did what did you ask yeah. me to do again? How could, like, <laughs> I could, I could. <laughs>
1: Or, oh my wait, God! Wait, what, I, was what was that? Connection? Uh, it was static. You cut out. I uh, what? <laughs> or I'll just hang up and be like, Oh my God, my phone disconnected.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I was answering. I was just on mute the whole time. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't
2: know. Oh my goodness! I swear, I hear that all the time. All the like,
1: time.
2: You're <laughs> really yeah, exactly. Your <laughs> videos <laughs> off. You were
0: your videos <laughs> off. We
1: all know. We all know.
2: Yeah. Well, so um, we've been using WebEx events for all of our training. And it has a feature that you can, like, see. It'll tell you if the attendee's paying attention or not. So it can tell, like, how engaged they are or, like, if they're doing something else on their computer. Oh. So it's a really interesting feature. (laughs) You're like, this is my worst nightmare. (laughs) I do not tell my company that. (laughs) It's funny because I think there is, There's different types of people. There's those that, you know, they can only focus on one thing and they need to stay 100% focused on that. So I know a lot of people that I work with, they're like, I can't do anything else when I'm on these calls because I can really just only focus on that. Whereas me, I'm so used to doing 10 things at once. And if I'm not, I'm like, I'm bored. Like, I need something to do. I know I'm, I'm engaged in this, but I can listen and still do something else. You know, I always have lots of lists in front of me. A lot of times I'll start looking at my list, marking out to-do lists. I try and stay, you know, close to the computer and making sure that I'm watching that because inevitably they're going to call my name and I'm going to have to unmute myself. (laughs) (laughs) And you want to make sure that you're in close range to that. I think each person is different and it just depends on if you're a multitasker or not. I think we are, you know, we need to juggle a bunch of different things. But one of the good things is, you know, I'm in my daughter's playroom, which is close to the kitchen. So if I need to.
1: Plenty of toys. I get it. Plenty of toys. You have
0: so much to keep you active. (laughs) (laughs) So Elizabeth, I have a question. Speaking about engagement, so you have a team, right? You're heading up a team. So for your team, how are you seeing their engagement level? Or are there things that you're doing to keep your folks engaged, to make sure that your team members are staying engaged?
2: I think for the most part with our team, we're all pretty self-motivated. We're all really hard workers. Unfortunately, I will say a lot of our team was furloughed. So we're kind of working with a limited staff to accomplish still the same things for a full team. There's just so much on our plate to do that, you know, you're constantly just trying to stay focused on the most important priority item of that day, um, trying to just keep up. But I think, really, I end up talking to my team members so much more than I ever did in the office. I think I went from when I was in the office talking to my boss maybe once a week to now I talk to her every single day. We talk as a team all the time. So I think just keeping that connection and, you know, the phone calls and the meetings and the Zooms, they're just important, and we do have a facility here locally that we have gone to a couple of times to handle some packouts. And so I did actually meet one of my coworkers at a park nearby for lunch one day, and she brought her dog, and I brought my daughter, and it was just fun to, you know, kind of catch up. I mean, we both know that we're socially distancing and taking those practices, not going and meeting up with a bunch of people. So we kind of felt confident to meet up with each other. Um, And my boss has driven up a couple of times. She's not located in this city and we've been able to meet up and just keep that connection going. And I think we, we also not only talk about work now, where it was always so much work, 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 what's the next project. We take that extra time to say, how are you? How was your weekend? What do you have going on? And you just become closer. You become closer with your coworkers, really get to know. A lot more about them, who they are, their heart, and I feel so much closer to them. And it's kind of funny because it's like I don't even really think of them as coworkers almost anymore. It's more like they're friends, you know? Hey, how was your weekend? Hey, I know you were going to see your dad. How did that go? And build a camaraderie. And it makes you really want to go out of your way because you know everybody has a lot on their plate that I find all of us are like, how can I help you? What can I do to help you? How can I make your life easier? Honestly, I mean, I know it's not the greatest of times, but I have found a lot of different kinds of joy that have come out of this that really, I think have, you know, evolved me as a person.
1: You're so 100% right. We use Teams. So our Monday Teams is just a random picture from your weekend. It could be your garden. It could be from a family visit. It's just happy Monday. Here's what I did. It's a random picture. Because we're so distant now, and especially like I had a team that works in the office and now they're distant, I'm cognizant of the fact that they are used to having that socialization. And so we have meetings on the calendar, like an open water cooler meeting. It's just an open meeting. And if somebody joins that meeting, we'll pop in. And the one rule is nothing work-related. It could be talking about your Netflix show. You could be talking about your dog. You could be talking about your family. And it's just a quick five-minute check-in and that's it. We keep water cooler meeting on the calendar. And because we communicate so much, we're able to flex our one-on-one times. We could be like, listen, I connected with you. We know what's going on. So let's go ahead and take this meeting off the calendar and do what you need to do. And especially because like you said earlier, we're working way more than eight hours. I just have the standing rule with my team. Just do your work. I don't need you on a computer nine to five. I don't care if you work nine to one and then you work eight to three. If there's a meeting, just make the meeting. And all I ask is that you do your work. It kind of allows everybody the flexibility to manage your schedule and not feel tied just sitting here because I mean, let's keep it real. There are times you're sitting here looking at your computer and you're like, am I connected to the internet? I I didn't get any emails. Oh my God. Like what is happening right now? (laughs) Oh my
2: God. no, Email it's, it's blowing up
0: right <laughs> i've had that freak out a lot recent like a, a few times recently where you're like wait a second normally i'm getting like five or six emails in like in a 20 minute period and i haven't had anything in 20 minutes i'm like "Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. so it's like this understanding with my team fridays you know how companies always have like a summer friday i don't even give a time to my team i'm like listen log on check the flow do you we all have phones we all have the internet because you give that freedom to your team they're responsible they
2: want to do more for they you they want
1: to do more right because they also know i'm not micromanaging i'm not writing them no one is and it's like i know that come friday if i want to go to the lake and take a call with the phone sitting on my chest not saying i did it i can <laughs> do that <laughs> Because you're getting your work done. So I think that's a way to help the engagement because they don't feel forced into something and they want to give more. Like I have a team member doing all these MPI classes and doing a lot of certifications because she wants to be more engaged. She wants to know how to navigate this new normal that we're in. And I don't have to tell her that, which is great. And then she comes back to me with information that I didn't know. And I'm like, oh my God, thanks. And I always say that she's the real boss. I'm like, oh, thank you so much, boss lady.
2: You gotta do things like that. You wanna make sure you're staying relevant. You wanna make sure you're learning everything that's coming out, especially in this virtual world. I'm constantly looking at things, especially through MPI and, and joining different webinars and going back to my boss, Hey, I have this great idea. I was just on this call. And- Best practices being on these calls, it saves you so much time also having to like research what to do. And then you, you know, somebody who have a recommendation on a platform what worked, what didn't work. You know, maybe you were considering one and you're kind of like,
1: maybe not now. And that's how you become more diverse in your role, right? Because now you're picking up all these different skills. And I mean, let's face it, we all have to do it now, right? It's so funny how we went from a time of, you got to protect your time and you got to know what your role is and stay in your lane. And to now being like, you got to do a little bit of everything. You got to be able to navigate. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: I've had so many new things thrown my way just go with it. But I feel like I've gotten so many amazing opportunities. I really enjoy what I do. I love my job and I loved it before COVID. And I love it even more after COVID. (laughs) You know, I work for a beauty brand and I've been in charge of the North America region. And because of what's going on with COVID, I mean, I've had the opportunity to... Now I'm helping with global training And, you know, I've reached a global level. I mean, still on paper, I'm North America, but I'm getting exposure to so many more... Yeah. So many more people in the company. I'm learning so much. I'm crossing over from just events to marketing and working with them and creative services, graphic design. And I've gotten to work on some really, really exciting projects that um, I don't know that I would have ever gotten to.
0: I think what you're talking about is great because you found a way, and we're hearing this from so many people about becoming more diverse in your role and taking on these challenges and learning things. And I think. I I think it was last week you were telling me something about you were editing a video and you were like, who would have ever thought I'm editing a video (laughs) like and, you know, now you're adding all these things. And these are things that beyond your role now, beyond the company that you're in, beyond all of this. These are new skills that you've now acquired that you're going to have moving forward. That's been a great thing. One of my bullet points on my notes here to ask you was about staying relevant. And I think you totally nailed it. And You actually said staying relevant. So you're finding these ways. And I think that's been so important for so many people, especially... And I learned this in 2008 when I joined a company. It's like, okay, I jumped into my company, full-headed, and then was laid off. And every company I've been at ever since then, it's been... I jump in hard to a company and then I try to expand as much as I can within and make yourself as invaluable as possible. And things like this COVID are making that more important than ever.
2: I think you're nailing it. It's diversifying yourself. And I could easily sit back and just do the bare minimum and, you know, say, Well, that's not in my job description. That's just not me. I'm a hungry person. I'm a go getter and I believe and I'm passionate about my company and my brand. I want it to thrive and I want it to thrive in COVID and it's not going to do that if I just stay stagnant. And so for me, I think it's those that have that passion and that drive, you know, I'm sitting back here, wait, what if we did this? I know it's not in our like what we normally do. And I know technically it's not my job, but if we do this, then it could lead to this and this. And surprisingly for such a large company that I work for, they have been open to my ideas. And a lot of my ideas are happening and I've pitched them. I've done the research, put together the presentation. Because that's
1: boss lady stuff that you're on right now. (laughs) Hashtag winning.
2: (laughs) It's so funny because I have developed a hashtag every time something I, like, send it to my boss. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, another whim. <laughs> um, but It's, it's exciting. There's so many opportunities out there. And I think the key takeaway for, for people is that, you know, yeah, we're, we're in a pandemic, but that doesn't mean that that has to define us or define the situation we're in. There are so many creative ways. Like be forward thinking, think outside of the box. Just because you can't meet in person doesn't mean you can't get creative. You know, you can still have those virtual events and those virtual platforms, but still, you know, have a little bit of that physical touch. Whether it's you know creating a marketing, mailing it to them. That's interactive. That's something that we're working on right now. That. My little baby that I'm very excited about, but you know, just trying to find ways to still be able to have that engagement. I mean, I know another thing we're talking about, and I think most people are doing it socially, but we're even talking about hey, like, we have a lot of consultants, a lot of people. we should schedule virtual happy hours and touch points with the co-founder of our company. Like how exciting would that be? I
1: can tell you that that is a win. You (laughs) need to do that. It's awesome. And I'll tell you from the management side, the first thing they're going to say is, well, what if people don't drink and blah, blah, blah. And what if it's at 11 o'clock? You just tell them it's a happy hour and however you're happy within the hours up to you. And no one needs to know what's in my 40-ounce Yeti.
0: (laughs) Well, we're actually almost out of time. I can't believe this has flown by so fast. But before we wrap, I did want to plug Elizabeth on on something else. Elizabeth is also the president of the MPI North Florida chapter. Newly inducted, I believe, last month. That's awesome, um, And I forgot to mention that at the beginning. So you got to leave on a high note. Go ahead now. Outside of her job, outside of COVID, outside of taking care of her baby, outside of everything. She's also dealing with this whole association. So what you're saying is, you know how to juggle life. You know what you're doing
1: over there. <laughs> got it. Okay. Well, congratulations.
2: Some days I feel
1: like I'm doing it better than others. But <laughs> <laughs> So we do have one last question. Okay. Oh, yeah. What is your final piece of advice you want to leave for people? And I, I I say it, and I don't mean it has to be world-changing. It could be, when doing your counters in your bathroom, this is what I recommend. <laughs> or... While painting, I use this paint. Or
0: it could be, hey, become an MPI president. What's your nugget? What's your nugget? One thing to leave us with.
2: I guess my nugget would just be find the good in everything. Find the positive in everything. Even when you think days are dark. And I know it seems like there's a lot of those. I just try and reflect on what's good. And that's what gets me through this time. And that's what keeps me passionate. Not only about work, but people in my family, like, I just focus on the positive and try and find something good, even in a bad day, like, hey, but at least I got this done, or at least this happened. I think there's so many times that so many of us just focus sometimes not on purpose, but you know, on the darker or, or the negative side of things. And and that can really you know, make you down, especially in a, a pandemic when you're not having a lot of social interaction. And, and some of us may be at home alone and just finding those joys. And if you do feel a moment, I mean, pick up the phone, call somebody, video chat with them. You have no idea how it can change somebody's mood in a heartbeat.
1: Absolutely.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah.
1: Thank you for thank joining you. us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: This has they been a really fantastic. good episode, and thank you very much for your time. And I know you've been super busy, and I think we it sounds like on your end we fitted in nap time. Yes. We I, did. I haven't heard anything. I know, so. right? <laughs> so, yeah. Now it's time for one of our growing to be our favorite portions of the show. Everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. That means nothing. Yeah. So, pretty much. Um why don't we uh, talk about, you know what we could talk about? What? The symbol of hospitality. The pineapple.
1: (sighs) My most favorite thing in the world. What,
0: the hospitality or the pineapple?
1: I mean, both, duh, but I love pineapples. (laughs) Okay, so I have a bit of an obsession with pineapples. It probably isn't healthy. I just got two more in the mail yesterday, solar, to go in my front yard. I'm so excited.
0: Solar pineapples?
1: Yeah, solar pineapples. And I have some in the back. I stamped it in my concrete. Do you think everyone knows like the significance of the pineapple and what it really means? Like the hospitality symbol? No, probably not. Well, don't you tell us. Basically, back in the day, people are traveling by ships, yada yada. They went to the Caribbean. I'm Jamaican. Whoop, whoop, and they found pineapples, right? And so it became this like luxury item. It was super expensive and They would like trade it back and forth, but like it was the item for the rich. In today's money terms, it was like $8,000 for a single pineapple, but they traveled with these because they traveled well, right? And so when they got home, they would place a pineapple outside of their home because that was like the sign of a safe return. And then it became like the symbol of warmth and friendliness. Like, you know, if there was a pineapple there, you could stop by. Anyway... Fast forward, it's now the symbol of hospitality, right? So like I have pineapple pins and in my house, my Easter egg is that in every single room and area of my home, there is a pineapple.
0: And you know what? After knowing how much you love pineapples, I realized at my house, how many pineapples Paige and I have. We don't have necessarily in every room. And Mm -hmm. I like the fact that you use the word Easter egg. And I think that's a great topic that we'll cover another time because I (laughs) love the idea of an Easter egg. And for those of you that are confused about what the hell I'm talking about, keep listening and we'll talk about Easter eggs another time. (laughs) But at my house, we actually have pineapples that grow in my yard And they're not necessarily random, but they are random. They just wildly grow in my yard. I have pineapples. Did I tell you that I killed the
1: pineapple I was growing? No, did you? So if you guys didn't know, I'm in Reno, Nevada. So desert, dry, whatever. Pineapples need a lot of humidity. Well, I put it outside because I'm like, it also needs a lot of sun. Well, it wasn't humid enough. And within one week, I killed the no. pineapple I was growing. I was so mad. And pineapples take- You need
0: like a greenhouse
1: or something, right? For my anniversary, I'm getting one. Oh, nice. I'm building a greenhouse over my two planters, super cheap. But I'm doing that and I'm going to try again to grow a pineapple, which takes what, like a year plus to grow? Yeah, sometimes two, sometimes two. I One thing that quarantine has taught me is I actually do like gardening and plants. I went from having zero to about 26 plants and I love it, but I'm so mad. I had a pineapple plant and the one thing I love the most, I killed.
0: You know what we do here at our house when we buy or get a, a pineapple, we chop the top off. And then I'm in South Florida. So my yard is literally sand Like we don't have soil, it's sand. So we take it out and I literally just screw it into the ground, into the top layer of the sand, just let it do its thing. And then maybe a year, maybe two years later, there will be a pineapple there.
1: And it's a small pineapple. It's not like the big one you get in a supermarket. Some
0: of mine get to be like bigger than my head or as big as my head. Oh, really?
1: You have a big head. Good for
0: you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But we have so many of them throughout the yard. Uh, I mean, at one point we probably had like seven come out of the yard. Are you serious? Yeah. Are they but, sweet? Are they like good? They're very sweet. Very, very, very sweet. Ugh. We let them ripen on the stalk more than they would do like the one that's being harvested. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. So they're naturally getting more and more sweet. I'm going
1: to give it a shot. I didn't even think about that because it's funny. I was thinking about Yeah, don't, don't buy one. What you going to do
0: is buy yourself some pineapple, eat the pineapple, and then screw the top into, you know, a planter uh, or whatever you're going to yeah. put inside of your greenhouse. Yeah. And you might as well do like, you know. Four or five of them at a time, or whatever. And three, what four. I did
1: discover is that the pineapple has a really small root system. Did you know that?
0: Yes, they are. Um, I I believe. Oh my god, people are going to fact check me because I'm not a plant guy, but I believe they're in the bromeliad family.
1: You and are correct.
0: In the bromeliad family, they... So let me make sure. Most, you're right. most bromeliads can actually be. Um, like airplane, they don't necessarily need a lot of soil, if any. Now, obviously, pineapples need to be in soil, but they're in that family. So they, they don't need a lot because they don't have big roots.
1: I am happy you said just going to a supermarket and cutting it off because there's this online company that I got my plants from one time. I will never do it again. So overpriced. And now they're selling pineapples because summer, blah, blah. But do you know they're selling a pineapple plant for $65? Are you kidding me? I was like, big man.
0: I've got a few thousand dollars worth of pineapple plants in my backyard. <laughs> Seriously. I was like, are you kidding me? So I was like, I'm not doing it. Stacy, do you need me to dig one up and just send it to you? Thank you. I'm actually looking at I I'm on my porch right now, but. Some of the plants are actually rather large. Some of them are almost come up to probably about my chest. I'm big jealous.
1: I'm going to have to grow a pineapple plant and take a picture and post it because I'm going to do it. That's it. (laughs) That's it. So cool. That was a little bit of paprika.
0: Well, thank you guys all for joining us again for this episode of Well Seasoned the Podcast. podcast. Uh, Thank you to our special guest, Elizabeth Nicanow, one more time. And until next time, we'll see you guys.
1: Episode produced by Patrick Roshu and CCM Bandhand Doria. Sound editing by Rocky Doria and song by Dr. Delight.